All right, welcome on into the show. My name is Denny Gallagher, and I am joined by the snare campaign provocateur, uh, Benoit Blanc Horowitz himself. It's Benny Horowitz. What's up, dude? <laughs> Come on. Can we talk about what I witnessed in the video today? Mr. Tommy Bahama himself. Thank oh, it's our New Year's so, Eve extravaganza. Thank you for getting so dressed up on New Year's. I promise next year I'll do something. I'll, I'll, I'll rock to the nines. Well, if well, only how do people... you know? You don't know what's going on under here. Remember? That's right. I mean, on the surface, it's normal. <laughs> under the camera, there's a frenzy of activity. See, if only people could have seen last year when we actually had our tuxes on doing the rundown. Of <laughs> I know Ryan Seacrest was on. What was Andy happening with Ryan this year? He's what he got COVID, right? He couldn't come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, next year, Ryan, we love you. We've got Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper waiting in the wings, but they're a little bit too drunk to come on right now. We'll get yeah, them we'll get sobering them. up. They're in the green room. They're in the green room. Well, happy, oh. happy Christmas and Hanukkah. That's and right. December. It's been a nice year. A December to remember. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but what's up, dude? How are things? How was your holiday? How's the fam? We're doing great. We're doing great. Jewish Christmas. Ate some Chinese food. Um, had a nice Hanukkah. It was a strange year where the last night of Hanukkah was on Christmas this yeah. year, which was kind of fun. And uh, yeah, everyone's good. We're healthy. We're we're cruising, man. How about you? Did you like having that much basketball on the last night of Hanukkah? I don't mind it. I, any night I can have a lot of basketball. <laughs> I hate those uh, football basketball off days. Those are the yeah. ones that really throw <laughs> me off. <laughs> All of the days of Hanukkah <laughs> led up to Landry Shamit just getting obliterated. <laughs> I didn't know he was Jewish. <laughs> mazel tov, right? Mazel, oh. mazel Landry. <laughs> oh my goodness, Benny. Um, it's been a heck of a year. So what we're going to do here uh, coming up is like every New Year's Eve, we're going to count down the biggest stories of the year, our mm -hmm. favorite stories, um, some of the stuff that needs to be talked about. Again, we'll do that. But first, uh, Benny, we had we had a loss right after the holidays. Um, the world lost Pele. A, the undisputed king of soccer, like losing Babe Ruth. That's what I would kind of equate this to. He, uh, he was a not only a Brazilian treasure, he was a treasure of the world. Obviously, he played all those years for Santos down in Brazil. Um, on the club level, won three World Cups with their national team. But then in this country, made his biggest mark coming to play for the Cosmos, a club that I absolutely love. And I've rooted for them to get back on their feet a bunch of different times. Um, by the end of his 21-year professional career, he had 1,281 goals, a record that is, has still not been surpassed. And it's probably one of those, we talk about unreachable records mm -hmm. all the time, probably right up in there. Um but taking soccer into the mainstream in America, obviously like Escape the Victory, a big movie with Sly. Um, but, you know, just like that club being around Studio 54 culture and all of that stuff really made it a cultural mainstay. So I uh, just wanted to off the top here say uh, hat tip to Pele and we'll take it from here, I guess. I forgot about that great movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and for someone like myself, you know, a non-soccer aficionado, Pele was just one of the names. If you ask me, oh, what do you know about soccer? <laughs> I mean, like, oh, yeah, uh, Pele, you know, <laughs> like it's just like synonymous with international soccer. And then like 
became this American icon. Like, oh, look, this guy is actually he was like the first David Beckham. He was the mm. first like big deal from another place who decided to grace us with his presence. So, yeah, I mean, what what a cultural icon in that way. Speaking of cultural icons, I would yes. be remiss to not also uh, note the passing mm. of Vivian Westwood. That's right. Um, who, you know, has shaped so many uh you know, lives in the way of being a, a fashion icon and cultural icon, including my wife, who's heavily influenced by her and uh, left behind a one of those one of those legacies you can't really determine because it's essentially on like half the kids in high schools around the world. You know, this kind of stuff that that um, she brought into into culture that got adopted by culture that is now part of culture. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, the way that impacts society is hard to gauge, but she left a, a great imprint on, on the world. And I was happy to uh, learn more about the, the life and legacy as I, I got older, yeah. as I was a champion hoodie kind of guy. <laughs> and I needed, you know, I needed a little insight there. And then your wife opened a, a whole new world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know so much more than I ever thought I would as a dutiful husband. Does. Oh, That's man. Right. It, it it's so funny, and you know, I, I think for a, a long time her career and her works were kind of like underground, and um, you know, obviously in like the '90s became like w- way more prominent. But had a a interesting cultural crossover moment when she made uh her when her dress was featured in the first Sex in the City movie, a movie that made a, a lot of money. So kind of interesting how those two worlds. Yeah, like, yeah. You think, think HBO, yeah. That's right. And that's the thing I didn't understand is like the only thing I associated her with going into, you know, my relationship was, you know, the sex pistols, mm. and, you know, studs and leather jackets. And I had no idea about that connection with kind of like high fashion and and the, the other routes it took, you know. So RIP to legends, man. It feels like so this show, I mean, this year, like I like when not to do a, a in memoriam but we've lost a bunch of people we did a james con episode you know what it is danny this is this is what we got to be careful of as we get older in our advancing years the people we know and are relevant to us yeah are going to be dying in droves i hate yeah. to tell you yeah. so you know we can decide to be the senior citizen sitting around eating melon talking about all our friends who have cancer or we could be a beacon of light and positivity for the people Oh, <laughs> oh, well, you know what segment is always a beacon of light. Tell me. It's this day in music history. Uh, oh, perfectly executed. What do you got? Well, in honor of light, <laughs> this day in 2011, Russell Brand files to divorce Katy Perry, <laughs> citing irreconcilable differences and according to Katy Perry, she finds out the next day when he texts her the news. Did you? No way. <laughs> I mean, I know we're only hearing one side of the story here, but you know, sometimes when I see like these like Mister Listen to Me godlike Buddhist types who put themselves out there, and I'm like, you know, you need to have the courage to have a conversation. You know, like, why are you telling other people how to live? You couldn't even tell this lady to the face. Oh, my God. So you file for divorce and then text next. The only way this is acceptable is if she did some, you know, 
shady stuff and this is in response to it don't know the whole story but it's suspect russell brand you know oh. have you ever had any sort of relationship romantic or otherwise end via text or is that more of like a my error thing yeah yeah i think like i think the amazing amount of ways you can be broken up with now is yeah. sort of more of a modern phenomenon <laughs> i think the harshest thing that used to happen when i was a little kid was someone breaking up with you by proxy? Oh, by somebody else? Yeah, that happened to me a couple of times where I'd get a call from like my buddy John. Like, yeah, yeah, what's up, dude? Yeah, nothing. Huh? Oh, so Abby doesn't want to go out with you anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> See you at school. So that that used to, that's the pretext. Yeah, evil shit that people used to do. Now I I almost good for technology. That shit should go to text. Ugh. Oh man. Well, I don't want that call again. You know, it's strange when you're like dating in like your like early 20s and you're like, you know, you have sneezes longer than some of these relationships and people send you like the book. Be like, oh, it was so nice getting to meet you. Be like, that didn't used to exist. I think feel like people used to just like walk away and be like, OK, I'm not going to see that person again. Yeah. Now everyone has this main character energy and they're right. trying to. Oh. Yeah, maybe you went to the diner once for a. Yeah consolation cup of coffee <laughs> what's your this day in music history? oh well it's not as dramatic as that um on this day in 2009 songwriter neil young was made an official no an officer of the order of canada um mm -hmm. other really? canadian musicians who have received the award brian adams leonard cohen and the members of rush so uh kind of took a long time for them to do that though no so that's like the canadian music hall of fame it's like their version of being knighted yeah i feel like it's their version of being knighted so yeah shout out. Yeah. yeah respect respect yeah. i i mean you got to give it to them every time someone starts to diss canada and then they start you know knocking off the laundry list of artists that we love from there yeah it's undeniable why is comeback kid never on that list come on <laughs> <That's> bullshit <laughs> Watch Drake's gonna wear like a shirt of him, and then he'll 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 get knighted for sure. Like <laughs> it'll be the Doris Burke effect. <coughs> All right, Benny, is it time? Is it time to get into our top ten to drop the confetti? The New oh, Year's man. special. I just have one one thing I got to say before we start. Okay, yeah, just to be clear about something. Yes, I know Russia invaded Ukraine. Yes, oh, okay. I, I know don't... about Brittany Griner. Yeah. I know about any number of serious and terrible things that happened this year, but I'm not the one to deliver you that news. Okay. So this is our top 10. I'm not doing this with blinders on. Like, I don't know what's going on in the world. I'm just choosing to not talk about it. Okay. Everybody understand. Kyrie like, Irving will not yeah. be in this conversation. Get out of here. All those people. Nothing Jewish. I've had too much Christmas. <laughs> give me a break oh man all right do you want to go first or do you yeah. want me to go first oh or... i love the first one i'm going for it okay so number 10 number oh wait we act... oh yeah we got to go by importance don't we i mean yeah i kind of did mine by importance so do you do you want me to take 10 so that you get yeah, the top spot? take 10 yeah all right benny i'm gonna start off number five with I'm sure that this this didn't actually have a huge impact on the world, but you know, mm -hmm. in in our little sphere, it mattered a lot. Uh, the year of Ticketmaster or Whoa. Ticketmaster, you know, getting chopped out at the knees. Mm -hmm. We started talking about this with the Springsteen stuff. Oh man, 
if, if they thought the Springsteen stuff was bad and, and our little pitchfork older people getting mad at it. Sorry, messing with Taylor. Taylor Swift took him to the darn Supreme Court and the DOJ. Like, <laughs> not messing around here. Oh, man. Ticketmaster on high alert. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to get away pretty scot-free financially. Yeah. Hopefully this year manages to change some of these policies. I, I mean, the people have spoken. People have spoken. Um, long wait times, astronomical prices, uh, service outages, billions of bots. I didn't even know there were billions of bots until <laughs> the story. And there's billions of bots. Um, flooding Ticketmaster, uh, setting the amount required of, of tickets four times higher than the previous watermark. Just absolute crazy. Um, there's now, a, like I said, a Justice Department investigation into whether Live Nation has abused its market share and in live business business and uh, Senate has an antitrust panel hearing on the docket as well about this as a bunch as well as a bunch of state level probes. This is this is racking up a lot of money. You know, I know Live Nation and Ticketmaster make a lot of money, but the legal fees are about to be out, out of this world. So yeah. uh, tw- 2022, the year of uh, maybe a little bit of a crack in the foundation of the Ticketmaster Live Nation. People bundle. need their music back. Yeah. Come on. That's right. All right. All right My number five. Let's go to number nine. Okay, you know, number nine. Only nerds like me, I think, pay attention to stuff like this. But this year was the year of the moon race. Mm. I don't know if anyone realizes that. South Korea, the U.S., China, Japan sends two, one a proxy for United Arab Emirates, all going to the moon this year, all fucking around. China's going to a part of the moon that we're not allowed to go to because they went there first. And, you know, it's officially starting the space race, Denny. And if you're a Star Wars fan, if you're a Star Trek fan, we are not far off from some kind of intergalactic conflict. I hope you're stoked and ready. Hey, I mean... They didn't start a space force for a reason. I we know. all laughed at it, oh, no. but now space force. I don't know. No, there's something going on. It, listen, science fiction always tells us the truth in the end. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have a question about yeah. this though. Yeah. Has anybody landed on the moon or have they just like been in the proximity, like hovered, did? Uh, oh no, they're it? like currently, the US is currently planning on keeping people on the moon for like a while again. Yeah, but has like China, China currently has people on the moon. So they're there, see, chilling, looking at us. This needs to be shooting down cheese like Tiger Woods in that Gatorade commercial a few years ago. But who knows? I I don't get to see Chinese state media. I wish I could. (laughs) But that seems alarming enough that. America would have been like, like, hey, you need to know about this so that we can spark outrage and investment in whoever needs to get up there. The one thing America doesn't want to do, and we should know this by the way we've hidden aliens and UFOs and things like that, <laughs> is that uh, uh, a distressed public in chaos is not a public you can control. So if you know that there's ominous things that are you know can't be used to, to control you they're not going to do it you know that i grabbed the wrong hat today i had this you know where's your tinfoil my tinfoil hat should have been out come on i didn't all know right. that we were going there let's keep it moving all right keep it moving uh that, all right so uh for number 10 i talked about Ticketmaster. 
Uh, for number eight, I'm going to talk about a story that, you know, we talked about a bit last. Actually, last year was our number one story. And last year, number one story, interpolation and that whole thing. And while that kind of started, the business end of it really moved in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, even more catalogs sold. Uh, we had uh, Sting struck a deal with uh, UMPG uh, that Billboard estimated to be around $300 million. Uh, stills of Crosby, Stills, and Nash um, sold to Irving Azoff's group um, that also put out $30 million for Frank Zappa's catalog. Uh, who else we got in here? Um, oh, we have a, a we group have? called Brookfield dropped $2 billion into a company called Primary Wave. Uh, Primary yeah, Wave. Of- Dylan. Yeah. Springsteen, all of these guys sold their publishing this year. Uh, Joey Ramone only got $10 million, which seems light. The year of the hedge fund, eating up the, the music licensing. Joey Ramone got $10 million, and Huey Lewis in the News got $20 million. What's wrong with this? I, sports was a big album. That's a... <laughs> You know, so is Back to the Future. Every time I talk about Huey and Lewis, yeah. Lewis in the news, I forget about Back to the Future. Yeah. Um. Let's see who else. Oh, Genesis got three hundred fifty million, Ooh. and uh, Litmus Music came into the market at a five hundred million dollars spending spree. Um, uh, and they took up uh, some of Keith Urban's master recordings. Remember, we talked about that. Keith mm-hmm. sold part of his uh, catalog, but not the whole thing. Right. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There's all these different levels to it, and. uh I don't know. For now, I don't. I don't really blame these people. They're they they were once owned by labels, and now they're owned by this. And you know, like make as much as you can, right? <laughs> Do you think that coming up in like the next few years, with so many of these catalogs off of the table, and it seems like more private money equity coming in, it's kind of become like real estate. So you're gonna see like. Uh, People that do not have a $500 million catalog getting that because there's a scarcity. Yeah. I mean, I think there's going to be like, uh, you know, you're seeing like the gobble up year where everybody's good. But all of a sudden, you know, these are business people. And if like their assets you're only holding and you're not making money off of, like not everybody is Kate Bush. Not yeah. everybody is going to have like a revival to their career. And some of these numbers they're probably not going to make $20 million worth of money off Huey Lewis, some of them or some. So I do think these are going to start getting moved around in any number of ways. But the biggest thing I think you're going to see from it moving into the future is probably artists uh, less and less and less giving up their publishing and licensing from the start and releasing their own music because they've left us no choice. And now we see the avenue in which it can go. You know, yeah. I mean, like we talked about a bunch, like Kate Bush having a, a big year, and I think that this was a big year in the adjustment of song placement versus these TikTok sounds and and songs that you haven't heard in a long time coming back. So it's going to yeah. be very interesting to see the value there. So. That's right. Number eight. Number eight. Oh Let's... no, no. Number eight going to number seven. Okay. Right. So <laughs> this is one semi-serious one, but one okay. a little close to my heart because it's always affected me. In February. Remington Arms had to pay $73 million to the Sandy Hook families. To me, obviously, this company can absorb a hit like that. God knows how much fucking money they make. But it's less about money, more about precedent, as I'd love to see more legal responsibility moving forward in the hands of people, arming people, doing terrible things. 
I'm tired of the idea that uh, uh, not giving people these types of things <laughs> won't help the situation and that the people creating them are absolutely complicit in this process and uh, owe some responsibility to it. So I thought this was a nice legal precedent that was set. And hopefully these companies maybe start acting a little more responsibly as a result. And it's also been nice to see all of these people that were spewing some of this nonsense, mm. maybe not criminal charges, but you know, they've had to cough up some money and they're not even worth mentioning, but the stories are there. If you want to find it of uh, uh, people being convicted for just throwing shit at the wall, the extent in which people will be giant pieces of shit. Denny will never yeah. cease to amaze me. Oh, maybe that should have been the name of the 2022 recap episode. No, just kidding. <laughs> Optimism. We're here. Yeah, I got come on. The hat. We're doing Optimism. it. Got the hat. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Number six, you know, uh, moving into our first sports story of the year. Uh, there's the the revolution in college football and specifically in college athletics and everything like that with people starting to get paid mm -hmm. um, and um, and how that has already impacted. We're less than a year into this and there's been upheaval. They've already announced that they're they are extending the college football playoff to 12 teams. Why? Because they want more money. And also the, the conferences. We talked about this a, a little bit this year. Uh, with USC and UCLA heading to the traditionally Midwestern Big Ten. Um, schools like Oklahoma and Texas, who have been historically Big 12 and middle of the country, move in toward the powerful SEC. Um, these two conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC, the, the most economically profitable, have the biggest TV deals, and they just keep looking to expand. And this is kind of, you know, if you're not so much into sports, kind of what we're seeing in the rest of business and society as well. People aren't just happy having their like one shop anymore. They got to keep expanding and expanding and expanding. And we're seeing this in something that's supposed to be as uh, uh, amateur and all that <laughs> stuff like college football. So right. uh, number six story this year. Yeah, that's a huge story. And I think to add on to what you just said, even the simple mathematics of the transfer portal mm. being immediate and you're seeing now the way that... Uh, college kids and their coaches can sort of form super teams and yeah. do the types of things that professionals can do. You can dangle NIL money, um, just this complete change in college sports, even, uh, you know, something Deion Sanders just did a couple weeks ago, uh, doesn't have as immediate of an impact as it does without the immediate transfer portal and you being able to just grab your quarterback from another college and go to another college. So I do think this was a, a pretty big uh, pivotal year in, in college sports and a big change for sure. And I just don't see where this ends. I mean, because like they're going to I, I think you're going to have like like the entire top 25 makes the tournament, which will be very exciting and a great television product. But we've already lost rivalries in on the college yeah. landscape that have been around for like 100 years, all in the name of money. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have a theory where this ends. Okay. And to me, where this ends is like, especially in football, the two, you know, largest power conferences, let's say the SEC and what is that the Big Ten? Yeah, the Big, Big Ten, Ten yeah. are just all of a sudden uh, disconnected from the rest of college sports. Mm. You know, you take these 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 teams that act as professional institutions and you separate it from the entire landscape of college sports where people like most likely aren't going to take it in a professional 
you know, realm. Yeah. You can actually go to school and do those things and, you know, still make NIL money and things like that if they can. But that's where I think this is ending up. I don't how this train doesn't keep moving towards the, you know, the capitalistic sunset doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, like yeah. Alabama is the goddamn New York Yankees, man. <laughs> like they can't help it. People love it. They wear that shit all over. It's a professional school. Just fucking act as such, you know? Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that impacts basketball as, as well, because college basketball, I mean, it, it's interesting this year, but it's, it's way down. I've advocated for this a bunch that if you have a pro team nearby, just become their like U22, like G League team. Yeah. And then these guys can get an education, learn about the business while growing yep. with top coaches. So I just saw a mock draft yesterday where uh, only one of the top five uh, prospected uh, NBA draft picks coming yeah. into next year are coming out of college. Yeah. One from Europe and three from the, the G League professional league. So it's it's done. It's changing. Meanwhile, while, while we're talking about conflicts of interest, I think that this is hilarious. And I'm probably speaking out of school here because they're like low key my employer. The NBA app carrying Victor Wembanyama's games is hilarious. Oh, me. yeah. Come on. They got to do it. Though. You got to do it. They're marketing. It's like yeah. this is. You know, you think you have LeBron James sitting there the same way, you know, his high school games were on fucking ESPN. Like it worked. Yeah. And they keep doing it. I'm sure this kid doesn't fucking mind. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 sure somebody's getting greased up on the back end. And I, I, I just think, you know, he he's not a story that we put in this, but uh our rise and interest in Victor Wembenyama this year has been so fun and, and definitely worth worth mentioning when we talk about all of this stuff. I'm on board. So. All right, keep it moving. Yep. So, Denny, yeah, I don't know if you knew about this big story. South Korea has formally lifted a ban on the import of full body sex dolls. Oh, I remember that. Ending story. years of debate over how much the government can interfere with your private life. Although there are no laws banning the import of sex dolls, hundreds or perhaps thousands have been seized by customs, which cited a clause in the law that bans the import of goods that, I quote, harm the country's beautiful traditions and public morale. So finally, in the, in the bosom of public morale, the people have been freed to import and have sex with their sex dolls, Denny. You know, you know what you need to do to keep people happy that South Korea is finally understanding? Stay out of their goddamn bedroom. You know, stay out of people's bedrooms if you want to keep them happy. It's a closed door. Anything goes in there. All these people go to church and you think they're these upstanding citizens and they're in the bedroom with dog leashes and whipped cream going fucking crazy. What's the matter if you have a sex doll? Come on. <laughs> I got a question for you. Yes. What's going on in South Korea? They've got some of the best movies coming out right now. The sex dolls are completely legal there. What's going on there? I'll tell you, this is what happens when you open the door to democracy. Okay. <laughs> Satan walks in. K-pop. They got BTS. <laughs> That's what happens. You open the door to democracy and globalization <laughs> and Satan walks through the door with sex dolls and great movies and, and interesting foods. <laughs> people having sex with each other. 
You know, do you think North Korea is looking down just like, see, see, guys, this is exactly what it's dude. It's the typical thing where the same people in power going, see, see, are sneaking their asses over the border at midnight, having sex and watching movies because everybody fucking wants to (laughs) try to get the Korean bunny ranch. Sorry, Sorry, people like to have sex and watch movies. (laughs) Give it to the people. Come on. Oh, and and that they have. Um, All right, Benny. Moving on. Moving right along. Um, You know, speaking of a country that's got a little said speaking of sex dolls. Oh, speaking of sex dolls, Cutter and the World Cup. Uh, No, just kidding. Um, It's appropriate. appropriate. The year ended on a perfect, conflicted note. The World Cup final, one of the greatest soccer matches we've ever seen, all under the... Uh, all under the guise of a five-week tournament that uh, uh, saw a lot of unrest, saw kind of a Middle Eastern culture meet the West in in a way that you don't really see too often. Um, We talked a lot on this podcast about how they outlawed beer, how that wasn't available at at the stadiums and stuff like that. No word, however, whether Argentina, because they won the tournament, got the all of the beer that they were holding on to. So I, I hope that they've distributed that to the people in Buenos Aires so that they can have a little South Korean magic of their self right there. <laughs> um, but the tournament on the field was magical. Uh, Kylian Mbappe cemented himself as arguably the greatest player in the world. I know Argentina won, but uh, what you saw from Mbappe was like, oh, this guy, it, it the torch is his from now on. Uh, Messi got the World Cup uh Boulder off of his back. He finally won one to cement his legacy. And then obviously um, the, the the corruption there, the amount of people that have died trying to put this tournament on. Uh, very conflicting, great tournament, horrible off the, off the pitch. Um, but yeah, the 2022 World Cup was a World Cup like no other. Oh yeah, and by the way, it was held at Christmas time. Yeah, I mean, I think it it was it was interesting in in a number of different ways that we're going to examine going forward. You know, the obvious human rights implications going into it, the alleged you know human rights corrections towards the end of it, which who knows if that's actually right, could be a model for something in the future. I mean, I got to be honest, man. I thought we were going to have a lot more incidents. Yeah, I thought I was going to hear more. Than I did. And like, you got to give it credit for the fact that you hosted that many people and everything seemed to go okay, okay enough, you know, where like, uh, you know, and that's, you know, a testament to something. And uh, not everything has to be a story because there is incident. Mm. Maybe the story is the fact that there's no incident. Yeah. That's one thing you learn being a a parent, an old man, Denny. The days where nothing happens. Good days. Good days. Good days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there wasn't a like Munich situation, like yeah, like exactly. a thing where so many different things yeah. could have happened and and they just didn't happen. And and there there is a lot to think about and examine because of it, but I'm glad it went well. And as you said, the football on the pitch was was wonderful. It was a great World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you got? So let's get back to space, shall we? Oh, let's let's do it. The James Webb Telescope. Number three, James Webb. Beacon of hope for (laughs) nerds and searchers alike all around. Decades of planning. In January, it finally made it to its final destination. By July, 
images were coming back that completely changed the face of astronomical data, making distant galaxies clear, furthering our understanding of the universe, our beginning and our uh, potential end which is one of the reasons people do need to study the universe. Everyone's like, why do you have to study science? Well, if you know how we got taken out the first time, <laughs> then maybe you can stop it. You know, eh, just the thought. So, uh, but I got to say, this is one of the coolest things for me this year. Fucking these images that came back from this, you know, were the things of science fiction, something that people I thought concocted in their minds that didn't even exist. And then you're seeing these things and you're like, Jesus Christ, this is amazing. You're seeing the idea that if you can understand levels of light, the way animals see things, it's uh, it's really fascinating. And for years to come, we're going to have uh, some brilliant fallout once people really start to get to examine all the things they're seeing and start to get data behind it. So this is one of the coolest things to happen this year, for sure. A hundred percent. The infinite depth of all of it. And I, I love the the things where you can just kind of like sit back and be like, oh, I'm such a, I'm not even a fleck on anything in the grand scheme of like matter and any, and not in like a, I hate myself kind of way. Just like it's like a cool to be like like people think are so self involved these days and, yeah. and are trying to see uh, greater self importance in the everyday to kind of be like, oh, I'm like. I'm I'm a fleck in a moment in time in this great cosmic universe. It's it, it's not humbling, but it, like you want to feel part of something bigger than yourself. You already are. Danny, I love it. Here you go, baby. There you go. <laughs> As I put my fedora As back. You put the Tommy Bahama back on. That was that was deep. I loved it. All right, moving on. All right. Oh me. Okay. Uh, my number one story of the year, Benny. It's Tom. It was Tom Cruise's year. My oh, favorite story of back. the year. Top Gun Maverick making $1.5 billion. Ooh. Did anybody not see this movie? Uh, me, but. Go. No, really? <laughs> you, no, you saw it. You saw it. You saw it. Come on, get out of here. Um, It wasn't a Marvel movie. It wasn't a superhero movie. It was Tom Cruise being like, oh, he's a superhero. I don't, I don't know if you saw the most recent video he did for the new Mission Impossible movie. This guy is learning how to ride a dirt bike so that he can go off a cliff somewhere in South America only to fly with a squirrel suit. Yeah. He, he did the equivalent of that in, in this movie, inventing Mach 10, doing all sorts of crazy stuff, but all yeah. while hitting the, the stuff we love about the original Top it's Gun. It's the hard strings. You've, got your, uh, you've lost that love and feeling. My all-time bad take of the year was the Lady Gaga song. Yeah, yeah. Not, I warned I, you. I, I think it's up for an Oscar. You're always messing with kings and queens, baby. That's right. We got that. We got a a great moment from Val Kilmer that I, mm. it won't win any sort of award thing, but it should at least get recognition important. when it comes up. Um, that prompted me to go see Real Genius at Quentin Tarantino's wow. theater in L.A. this year. Just an unbelievable thing. Um. And I think, you know, when we have the Tom Cruise conversation, especially when it comes to movie stars, if you're trying to compare him to any other movie star that's come before him, you can't really because it's like trying to compare like LeBron James to those uh, plumbers and firemen, as J.J. Reddick called them from back in the summer. So um, a bunch of people have listed uh, Tom Cruise in this movie as box office Viagra. And, you know, for a middle-aged man, 
That's exactly what he is. Box office Viagra. So yeah, you know, as much as sometimes I like to topple down power and silly people, I you can't I can't argue with a word you said. It's it's powerful, <laughs> it's palpable, and you know, the same person who had me gripped 30 plus years ago with risky business and cocktail and the outsiders, just this, you know, this this kid who you always saw and who who excelled and and has had so many evolutions through Hollywood. Um, yeah, I think it's it's so much fun that he came back and did something like this. And and I love that it's like part of the current narrative again. And it's fun and it's stupid and over the top and the world needs it. And Tom Cruise, for whatever reason, knows exactly what people need. Yeah. But I do stand by the fact that he's riding dirt bikes and doing all this shit because he paid to know his death date. Tom Crows knows when he's dying. It's one of the reasons he walks through the earth and all these stunts with so much confidence. Okay. It's so yeah. obvious. I don't yeah. know why everyone doesn't understand. This. You kind of wonder though, from the movie perspective, why somebody like younger hasn't been like, Hey, do you want to be a, a movie star? Like go the Tom Cruise route, like, in like invest in the physicality invest in all that <laughs> like is that just that like like what you said like oh people are like scared of dying and tom doesn't, just... doesn't chris hemsworth have a, a series coming out about how to live longer and and anti-aging yeah but that's fake though he's Thor. Uh, Thor doing it i think people still do it what i wonder is the avenue isn't really there for that anymore for the over-the-top alpha male pop movie star. Yeah. It's not as easy of an avenue and not as clear as it used to be. There used to be this pedestal designed that a bunch of people could walk up on and try to take the, the reins. Yeah. That pedestal doesn't really exist anymore. So I'm not sure if it can work in the same way. It's it's how it's like how Gaslit Anthem was uh aged out of having to do social media too much. Yeah. You know, like I don't know if this <laughs> exists for people like that anymore. I just had a, a quick follow up on the Tom Cruise thing. I maybe I'm wrong here. And this this may be my work worst take of 2022. Oh I don't exactly associate Tom Cruise with like alpha male. Not in the same way Dwayne the Rock Johnson or like any of those these like bigger like you look at the rock, I'm like alpha male, boom. I look at at uh, Tom Cruise almost in the same way you look at like a stuntman or like someone wow. that has a high level of skill with very these interesting very interesting I think you may have an antiquated uh, idea of the alpha male okay that it needs to be some giant a brute smoking cigarettes out on the range or something <laughs> you know what you consider like dude this is fucking mission impossible guy yeah. Yeah. He takes on entire armies by or, himself, you know? Or I have a very updated view of it that, hey, this could be anyone. I look at the craftsmanship. You just said the rock is the alpha male. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You're feeding the patriarchy, Denny. Put that oh, hat I'm back on. I'm feeding the patriarchy. <laughs> I was going to be like, hey, a man could do this. A woman could do this. Alpha male. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. All right. Speaking of kings and queens. Please. Okay. I have to finish this. My number one story of 2022 yeah. will officially, I'm declaring it now, 
But in time, everyone will agree with me, and you can call me Ben Stradamus again. This will officially be known as the year Tom Brady and LeBron James lost their titles as kings and queens. And a new evolution of sports narrative is forced to begin in both sports. I don't think LeBron minds this, by the way. He's putting up huge numbers. It's clearly not his fault. He gets to march towards that scoring record without feeling bad at all. You know, he can shoot 30 times a night and no one will blame him this entire season because it's clearly not his fault. And I kind of think he likes that. (laughs) Um, But I do think in hindsight, this is going to be looked at the year as those two icons of each sport turned and a new generation began for both sports. I could see it, though I feel like the last Super Bowl was like kind of like the last dance for Tom Brady. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I could definitely see, well, the Tom Brady stuff, and we didn't even get into this, how he sacrificed his entire marriage with Giselle for this season, and it's been like, eh. But um, he's also been spent this entire year eyeing any of his detractors, knowing that he's going to Fox and he'll be able to just, like, snipe people every single Sunday. I think that's going to be a fast Go ahead and snipe me on Fox, Tom Brady. I don't give a shit. Oh, that would be wonderful for the podcast. Tom Brady, please (laughs) do it. him beefing? (laughs) Yo, Tom Brady don't want to spit with me. Come on. I won't play football against him, but I'll fucking debate him. Tom Brady. Ask him about that fucking clever little MAGA hat he's stuck in his locker. (laughs) Actually make him speak about his feelings. You fucking pent up white man. Oh, 2024. World Tour. Oh, no, it's supposed to be optimistic. You and Benny. Tom uh, Brady. Benny touring the country. Tom Brady. <laughs> no, you know, I celebrate greatness. I oh, celebrate greatness. I know. That's why if LeBron approached you, you're going to love the upcoming House Party movie, no matter how bad it is. I got to say, I've been forced to watch the new Space Jam a number of times now, and I think I like it now. Oh, no. It's it, oh, If you would have told me before I watched that movie that Humphrey Bogart and Casablanca would have made an appearance, yeah. I would have... I hate it. I loved the fucking ice people from Game of Thrones oh. watching that basketball <laughs> game. That cracked me up. I don't know. Come on, loosen up. Oh. That, that's the motto for 2022. Loosen, loosen up. up. Put on a Tommy Bahama hat. Let's have sex with sex dolls and look at the universe. Fucking and, have some fun. Come on. And, and watch top and watch, uh, watch Tom Cruise not be an alpha male, but a craftsman, a craftsperson. Um, a craftsperson. Oh, man. All right. So let's just run it down from the top. We had Ticketmaster. Then we had. Benny, would you have a number nine real quick? The moon race. Moon race. Then I had uh, the sale of catalogs at number eight. Number seven. We had we had the guns. The guns having the pace of money. That's right. Uh, at number six, a college football revolution. Number five, freedom to sex dolls. Freedom to sex dolls. And then we had we wanted freedom in Qatar, but we just got good, good football at number four with the World Cup. Number, number three. three. The James Webb Telescope. That's right. Feeling out there in the ether. And then I had at number two, Top Gun Maverick. And at number one. Number one, the death of the kings. Uh, Brady and LeBron. Bury them. We'll look back at this next year and see what's up. Uh, We got a couple 
honorable mentions, Benny. Do you want to get in some honorable mention big stories that we didn't sure. quite get in? Little Aaron Judge. Little little Aaron Judge going for 61. That's a big um, one. Are, are we going to look back at this in the future and think it was as big as it was in the moment? Yeah, I think so. It's a big one. That's set yeah. up for many reasons. And I actually think the the purity of this one is is going to make it like live. It's, it's, it's a different one. I do think it's going to stick, especially yeah. with with what he just did and the captain thing. The whole the whole narrative shaping up. Jack Curry is going to have <laughs> a, a biography penned with this guy oh in the gosh. next five to ten years. I love it. Uh, we have the Los Angeles Rams winning the Super Bowl at home. Back-to-back years, a team winning a Super Bowl at home. So Proof, money can buy anything. That's right, and we're seeing that this year. Oh, man, we can't get out of 2022 without mentioning our pal Aaron Rodgers, who, boy, what the ayahuasca, the football, it's just been a, kind of a, you know, all the Packers are, are on the uptick right now, but a, yeah. kind of a disaster 2022 for him. Yeah, uh, you know, Next time I need to, every time I walk by one of those like uh, spiritual stores in the mall that sells the little mini waterfalls, I, I keep thinking I see his tattoo on a poster. <laughs> oh, man. All right. What? Else? Oh, we have the sale of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the, yeah. the Robert Sarver got out of there, um, sold it for four billion dollars to a former walk on uh, from Michigan State who has since gone on to become a mortgage lender, um, which is. That was a crazy, and we, I don't think we were on when that all went down. Um, the fact that, and, and I texted you this, the fact that a mortgage lender is now in a position to buy an NBA team, it's just crazy. Hey, America. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Daniel Snyder and the Washington Commanders uh, continued to do just abhorrent things this year. Um, Ime Adoka. Uh, getting the Celtics job, taking them to the NBA Finals, and then a suspicious cheating affair landed him out there. But they ended up in good hands. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen there. So, um, but going in, do you want to do, since we have a couple more minutes here, 2023 predictions. And then if you're listening to this at the end of 2022, you can kind of ring in the new year with champagne and our predictions, right? <laughs> you know what? I'm not really one for predictions, Denny. I'm oh. not a projectionist. Ben Stradamus is. I don't one. believe in putting things out there like that. Like that's not the way I do. I'm a day to day guy. But this is how I'm going into 2023. You know, if there's anything I want to do, it's just live with more ease, live with less stress, control the things you can control, and try to enjoy every moment. You are graced on this place. And that is my commitment every single day. And I think the only way to do that is to constantly remind yourself not only of your own mortality, but of your own gratefulness. And uh, that's my practice for every single day. And I'm, that's that's how I'm going about it, my dog. So so this just confirms that the new Gaslight Anthem record is going to be like a Jimmy Buffett record. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, we all got pastel shorts. <laughs> All right, I'm at 2%, Danny. All right. All right. Plenty of ways to get in contact with the show. You can email us at the tune podcast at gmail.com. Two P's in there. If you want to follow us on all the social platforms, that is the tune up HQ. Uh, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Got a bunch of fun stuff going on there. If you want to follow the big man on Instagram, he is at Benny Horowitz. I'm at Denny Gallagher. Benny, you got anything else? Everybody love everybody. <laughs>
Do That's it. Right. You can count it down from 10, 9, 8, <laughs> 7, 6, 5, Put on 4, 3, <laughs> 2, 1. Happy New Year. Woo! You've been listening to and watching The Tune-Up.